even more reluctant than usual to pay economic and political costs to help stabilize the global economy, mitigate climate change, punish rogue regimes and aggressive states, and pressure nuclear proliferators. Nor does it help that China is persistently asked to contribute more to such efforts by a collection of much wealthier countries, former enemies, and current rivals. In dealing with these formidable challenges, the Obama administration has a mixed record. It has been particularly effective in bolstering the U.S. diplomatic presence in the Asia-Pacific region, and has contained and managed tensions well when they have cropped up. But the administration has also made some notable mistakes, particularly in the areas of rhetoric and public diplomacy. Those errors have rendered China even pricklier and have further reduced the prospects for cooperation with the United States. During its first term, the administration adopted overly muscular language about pivoting back to East Asia as the United States withdrew from the wars in Afghanistan and Iraq. At the most basic level, this was inaccurate. The United States had never left Asia and therefore did not need to pivot back to it. In fact, many of the policies later associated with the so-called pivot, such as sending more submarines to Guam, rotating F-22 aircraft through Japan, sending literal combat ships to Singapore, entering a free trade pact with South Korea, and negotiating the Trans-Pacific Partnership, were in the works before Obama took office. But there were some new and positive elements added to the mix. The Obama administration sent top officials to Asia more frequently than its predecessor, improved relations with Burma, also called Myanmar, signed the Treaty of Amity and Cooperation in Southeast Asia, the founding document of the Association of Southeast Asian Nations, joined the East Asia Summit, and saw to it that the EAS and the ASEAN Regional Forum, often dismissed as talk shops, actually addressed important security issues. Still, none of these laudable diplomatic moves required the exaggerated language about a pivot, which fed into Chinese conspiracy theories about alleged U.S. containment and encirclement. Ironically, the language also created problems with U.S. partners in Asia. They were supposed to be reassured, but because the United States had unwittingly suggested that it could not handle two problems at once, Predictably, some of them now worry that the United States might pivot away again whenever problems arise in other regions. To its credit, the administration recognized its mistake and dropped the term pivot, replacing it with a more benign rebalance. But much of the damage had already been done. This was not the administration's only linguistic stumble. After a top administration official publicly called for the United States and China to reassure each other in the security realm in September 2009, the administration agreed to a Chinese request for a joint statement during Obama's trip to China in November of that year. Most of that statement turned out to be a list of unobjectionable common interests and aspirations. But one section of the document seemed both new and ill-advised. The two sides agreed that respecting each other's core interests is extremely important to ensure steady progress in U.S.-China relations. Among the items Beijing defines as its core interests 
are the continued monopoly on power of the Chinese Communist Party and the protection of the country's territorial integrity and sovereignty. The United States does not take measures to incite political turmoil in China, but Washington still promotes political liberalization and a move away from one-party rule. And although there is nothing wrong in principle with the United States respecting China's territorial integrity, there are important aspects of Beijing's sovereignty claims over Taiwan. The Daoyu Islands, known in Japan as the Senkaku Islands, and the islands, rocks, shoals, and waters of the South China Sea, with which the United States does not agree. Realizing that invoking core interests was a mistake, senior U.S. officials stopped using it after the summit. But Chinese elites have often invoked the term in complaints that Washington has gone back on its word. The Obama administration's initial attempt...